I had to throw one in for the guys tonight because I, I, I didn't do them justice last night. See, it's really all about your future. Everything up until now has been playing bits and pieces in your life, and it's all about your future. And the devil is really concerned, and he's very intimidated by your future. It's not about who you are. It's who you're becoming. Let me show you this because you remember when baby Jesus was born and, and the king threw such a fit? He's going to destroy them all? Why would you destroy a baby? A baby. I saw that pretty baby. She's carrying her around a while ago. And I said, that's such a good baby. And mama said, yes, she is a good baby. But I, I don't look at that baby and say, I hope that baby doesn't spit that pacifier out and whoop me. You know? It's, I, that never crossed my mind that this baby could just pull them up and throw down, you know. It ain't going to happen. I know that. That one there, Will. <laughs> Talking about baby Jesus, not toddler Jesus. <laughs> toddler tear up Jack. But what I'm trying to get to you, why is this big king with all this arsenal at his, at his attention, why is he worried about a baby? Because the demon that's in this king knows that if this baby ever grows up and becomes who it's supposed to be and who it is, then we're going to have trouble. And the devil tonight is not worried about what you've been through or what you come through. He's worried about you getting a full of God and becoming who God wants you to be. We're going to slap him plumb down tonight. See, we like to think that the enemy is threatened by our past, but really he is not threatened by our past. He's threatened by our future. And when it gets hard, that's when he sniffed it out and figured out, this joker has just about figured out and just about to step into destiny. Come on, somebody. Now listen, it's going to get gooder and gooder. See, an increase in demonic activity against you is a sign that the enemies discovered your purpose. Listen to me. It's a sign. I, I look, everywhere Jesus went, did you notice demons just jumped out? They come out of the woodwork everywhere. The, 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 the demonic and the Gadarenes. I've been to Israel, and we were in the, uh, in the, uh, the uh, Sea of Galilee right by the Garden of Gadarenes where this demon would have come out. And so Jesus is here, and, and he looks across the Sea of Galilee, which is actually just a big lake, and he says, let's go to the other side. Why go to the other side? I can tell you why. That demon and Jesus have connected in the spiritual realm, and Jesus says, I'm going to set him free. Now when we get to the other side, the, the Bible says that they say, he's cut himself, he's done all these things. Why? What, what in the world? He's, he, they begin to explain how bad he is. Nothing can tame him. Nobody can hold him at bay. He cuts himself, he jumps up and down and does all kinds of crazy stuff. But when Jesus stepped off that boat, that demon ran straight to him, bows down there, and, and, and begins to worship and begins to see Jesus and Jesus delivers him right then and there what I'm trying to tell you is I was telling somebody earlier that a friend of mine pastors a church in Houston Texas and they're right near where a lot of the homeless people live and a lot of the homeless people are, are, are on uh, um, 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 heroin and so the heroin addicts and, and, and a lot of times they get, they get these demonic spirits in them and guess what they 
flock to his church. Why? Because that, that, that spiritual realm is connected in such a way that they want deliverance. They want deliverance. They don't even know why they're coming, but they want deliverance. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. Not just the good folks. All men. Listen to me. I'm going I'm to help you tonight. So once you decide to move into your destiny, once you decide, I'm going to go move up with God, all hell breaks loose in our life. Doesn't it? Yeah. Some of y'all have been fighting spiritual battles ever since these good altar services. Do you know why? Because the devil has figured out they mean business now. They, mean, they didn't come for a song and a sermon and leave and go home. They mean business. Listen to me. It's the enemy's job to do this. When Joseph got his vision from God, guess what? He got all this trouble. When Moses come in and protected his family and killed those two that was trying to hurt the Hebrews, they run him out of the country. When David stood up and tried to, 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 to do what he was called to do, Goliath steps out in the valley. When Jesus got close to fulfillment in the Garden of Gethsemane, all hell came after him. Why? Because he was about to go to the cross. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm getting close. We've got a saying in my house, we must be doing something good. Come on. But see, it's the enemy's job to plant scenery around you that does not look like your destiny. And he's very good at it. Let me tell you something. When they brought them out of Egypt... And, and put them in a wilderness, it did not look like deliverance to them. Because the enemy is very good at putting scenery around you that does not look like what you prayed for. Yeah, come on somebody. You prayed for financial freedom and a bill came in the mail you didn't even know you owed. Yeah, you prayed to pay your truck off and the motor blew up on it. You liked one payment. Yeah, I've been there and done that. Who does that? The enemy does not want you to see the fulfillment of your destiny and your prayer life. It, it's offensive to him. It's offensive to him that God, Jesus, would answer our prayers and bless us people down here on earth. It's offensive to him. He don't like it. So he likes to paint scenery because he's the prince of the power of this air. And he's the prince of this world. And he roams around seeking whom he may destroy. But I've got news for you, devil, tonight. I'm in a place that's full of people that says you can no longer destroy this anymore see God preserves us God preserves us I, I, somebody was up here testifying a while ago said they somersaulted a truck down the road I bear witness to that because I did the same thing somersaulting is not a rollover that's back over front boom 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 I've done that how do you do that you hit a culvert about about 50 mile an hour and you can you can do some damage amen and I, I came out of that without a scratch on me Harley just a little glass in my back after I kicked the windshield out to get out and found out I could open my door and so what what I'm trying to get at is God's got a way of preserving you listen to me tonight you wouldn't be here today but God preserved you 
You wouldn't be here tonight, but God had a purpose for you. You may have been through hell to get here, but you would not be here had it not been for the grace and the power of the protection of God Almighty. People say, well, God don't protect sinners. While we were yet sinners, He died for us. Didn't say he was going to heaven. I said, while we didn't do anything to deserve it, while we didn't do anything to credit it, he still came. Listen. See, God works all things for the good. All things. Come on. I'm telling you. And, and, and the devil loves to get us to fight against flesh and blood. Yeah. You get haters a lot. You get haters. If you're a preacher, you get haters. I ain't kidding you. I got more enemies from pastoring the church than I did anything in my life. I did. I did. But Reuben, you know all about it. I mean, there were weeks in Hector when I was pastoring there that I was a good guy. Oh, yeah, he's a good guy. There was weeks in Hector they hated me. I remember one time we had such a great move of God. Listen to this. We had a move of God in that place that at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, people were still laying in the floor. A few nights later, we baptized 40-something folks. I ain't talking about a big city. I'm talking about Hector. It's 500 people. Depending on which end you go in, it's 450 on the other end. I'm lying, I'm dying. Ain't it? It's the truth. Somewhere between 450 and 500. Dude counting was high as a kite, that's all I can tell. But I'm trying to tell you, but I've, I've determined that my haters don't cause me to run. Haters have to become your elevators. See, we battle not against flesh and blood. And so if you allow your haters to eliminate you, you're not going to make it very long. But if you allow your haters to elevate you, what's that mean? You get prideful and step on? Well, kind of. I don't step on them. I got some pastors in here. They're, they're loving this part. I don't step on them, but I step on what they did. And I can either let it break me or I can let it make me. I have been lied on. I've been accused of stealing money. I've had, I've had somebody tell my wife she wore too tight of pants to church. I, I'm going to tell you something. I'm a pastor, and I was on my way to whoop that boy downtown. By the grace of God, one of my deacons called me, and he said, where are you at? And I said, I'm on my way to his house. What are you going to do when you get there? I said, I'm going to whoop him. I didn't know if I could or not, but I was sure going to try. And he, he talked me through that. Because we battle not against flesh and blood. And had I done that, I would have ruined my reputation in that town. Because small towns have sympathy even for... Come on, somebody. 
so I can't ruin my testimony over one idiot. I've got to learn that I don't battle against flesh and blood. I'm stepping on that to make me a better person and exemplify my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Because he could have destroyed every one of them when they whooped him, but he didn't. Listen, why? Because he's moving on up. Y'all ever watch the Jeffersons? Yeah, we're moving on up. Come on, somebody. See, let me get back to my message. Listen, see, you don't look like what you've been through when you refuse to bow down to the gods of Babylon. See, we're in a political firestorm right now. I'm not going to get political on you. I'm going to get spiritual on you. And I, and, I, and I like politics in the pulpit. I, I don't go for that. But I can tell you something. We need to get some spirituality in the United States of America. And we need to get some backbones in the pulpits. Because what's right is right and what is wrong is wrong. And we live in a generation that calls evil good and good evil. We're there right now. We're there. The enemy is running up and down the streets, marching right now, chanting. They're tearing down all types of things that are memories of this United States of America. And, and, and you say, well, Pastor, what's that mean? Let me tell you something. It's a little here and a little there. Watch this. Watch this. Do you remember growing up, the little twinkle-nosed girl called Bewitch? Yeah, I dream a genie. Cling. <laughs> we all watched that, didn't we? It, we? We felt it was harmless. I don't. I never did go into my kids' room and say, "You burning hell for watching I Dream a Genie." <laughs> not what I'm getting at. I'm not weird. But what I'm saying is, the devil's very subtle. When he came up to Eve in the Garden of Eden, he was very subtle. He slips in there, and so what the devil does is here a little, there a little. Then we get Harry Potter. Then we're teaching it in school. Now you can't buy a book in the library or rent a book at a school in the library about Jesus. But you can get all kinds of things about Satanism. How'd that get here? It didn't do it overnight. So they tear down this statue. They tear down this and they tear down this because they're offended. Do you know what's offended to, offensive to a sinner? The gospel of Jesus Christ is very offensive. And when they get offended at us, they're going to come for us. That's why right now, church, we better pray like we have never prayed and fast like we've never fasted and stand up to that spirit that's coming after us because he will build his church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Listen, I'm not bowing down to it. I ain't bound. I've been to jail. They ain't messing with a preacher I ain't been there before. If I went there for the devil, you better believe it, I'll go for God. Listen to me. Today's complacency will be tomorrow's captain. What we let them buy with today, come on now. See, we become what we tolerate. 
We become, you know why the United States is in such a shape today? Because we tolerated it. We was afraid to say anything because we're going to hurt their feelings. I got to tell a story. When I was a kid, my grandma's neighborhood, we all rode bicycles and stuff, and there were some older kids. Just whoop a snot out of me every time I got around them. I got tired of it. And, and my mother told me this. Of all things, she said, you just tell them, son, sticks and stones may break your bones. But words will never harm me. They was making fun of me that day. So I went up there. I thought it would work. And I said that. I said, sticks and stones will break my bones, boys, but words will never harm me. Immediately, he said, I will. He whooped me. He did. He whooped me. And here's what I done. I got tired of it. I caught them jokers left the house one day. I got me a, I got me some wrenches and got their bicycles. And I took them off in the holler and I parted them out. I took wheels and threw them this way. I took handlebars and threw them this way. I got rid of it. My mama liked to whoop me to death, but I tell you one thing, they left me alone. And what I'm trying to tell you, I tolerated that for a while and they took over me. But the minute I decided that you can whoop me today, but I'll tear your back up tomorrow. Cersei <laughs> County Chop Shop. <laughs> See? There's no such thing as comfortable Christianity. We're not called to be comfortable. There ain't nothing about it. We're not to sit here and be comfortable. We're not ever going to be liked by this world. That's never going to happen. We're never going to fit in. We're, the world is never going to team up with us, and we're just going to join together and all be happy. It ain't going to happen. So listen to me. Truth has, it can never be sac sacrificed. See, we got to stand. Boy, boy, boy. I just, watch this. The Bible said, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free, right? Truth. Truth is truth. Ain't no, no way about it. If it's written, it's written. It's a truth. We were, my, my daughter was in a, a competitive cheerleading uh, deal when she was a younger girl, and they traveled all over the place. Her and my wife had a good time when they wasn't fighting over it. And, and, and so we somehow ended up with uh, the head cheerleading coach for University of Central Arkansas going to our church. And a uh, wonderful young lady. Anyways, she calls me one day, and, and we were on the lake, I remember, and in a boat, and I answered the phone, and, and she said, Pastor, I'm bringing a guest tomorrow. And I said, awesome, that's great, great. She said, nah, let me tell you about him. And she told me who he was, and I knew that he was homosexual. I knew that. I'd met him before, several times. Great guy. And so here he is, and, and I'll just go ahead and say this. I don't raise this bone in my body. I just want you to see how this is. He's, he's an African-American guy, and he's coming to Hector. He's from Hector. And he's a homosexual. And so I'm nervous as all get out. So I begin to pray, and here's what God told me. He said, I want you to pray, and I want you to tell the most friendly people that you got that he's coming and they're to go to him and they're to love him like nobody's business so I called him I told him I said he's coming tomorrow I told him all about him I said I want y'all to go up and just love him and then I got to thinking it dawned on me what I was preaching and I'm telling I had one of them hellfire and brimstone messages that morning and I'm trying to backpedal 
I'm praying, God, give me something else. I don't want to preach this when he comes here. He'll never come back to church again. God said, you preach what I give you. And you do it like you would normally do it. And so I did. I preached. And I preached and I preached and I preached. I gave an altar call that day. He was the first one to come to the altar. Gave his heart and life to Jesus Christ. He just got married a few years ago to a nice Christian young lady. And they're, they're doing great. Can I tell you something? It, we cannot compromise the truth. It works. It may hurt your feelings. But I can tell you, an old man told me one time, plain talk's easiest understood. Listen to me. i got to move on. See, you've got to refuse to give in to the devil's threats. Oh, if I share my testimony, he's liable to jump on me tomorrow. Oh, if I brag on God, something might happen. Well, big deal, something might happen anyways. You ever think about that? Ain't got nothing to do with it. God's in control of this thing. The devil ain't. Ain't giving in to his threats. You say you're scared. I ain't scared of the devil. No, I'm not. I'm not. I, I've, I've seen what he can do. I can tell you something. But I'm not going to sit here and tell you I don't believe he's out there trying to steal, kill, and destroy. And if I give him a chance, he'll do it. But let me tell you something. I'm not giving in to his threats. I'm not giving in to his threats. I'm not going to be intimidated by a lower being than the one I serve. <laughs> Ephesians tells us that, that, that we battle against principalities, powers, spiritual things that exalt themselves, high places, all these things. Let me tell you something about principalities. Principalities comes from a word called prince. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2, calls him the devil, the prince of the power of the air. We're going we're gonna to get back to this in a minute. But I want you to realize he is the prince of this world. The power of this air. He's a prince. He's a prince. But when you understand a monarchy, you have to understand that a prince has influence and he's got some power. But he does not have any more power than the king. See, the prince can do a little bit. But if I need to overrule the prince, I go talk to the king. You understand what I'm saying? So, so to me, he's just like this spoiled little boy running around like he's got all his stuff given to him. You know, you've ever met this spoiled rich kid? He's a spoiled rich kid running around that really never earned anything. And really, come on somebody, he's a prince. But you don't have to be intimidated by a prince anymore because you know the king. won't look like what you come through when your mind is so convinced God's able that nothing can sway you. See, he said, look, if you bow down, if you don't bow down, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna put you in this fiery furnace. And, and they said, if it be so, our God, whom we serve, is able to deliver us. He'll deliver us out of the hand of the king. But if not, be it known, O king, we ain't going to serve your gods. You, you with me? He's, here's the prayer he's praying. God, you can get me out of trouble if you want to, but if not, I'm still going to serve you. 
And devil, you can threaten me if you want to. You may do that to me, but I'm still going to serve God. I can tell you what, he's able to deliver me through it. And he's able to deliver me over it. He's able to deliver me under it, around it. However he needs to do it, I'm not going to serve your gods. I'm not going to bow down to your threats. Listen, God is able, not you're able. Now look, Ephesians 3.20 said, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Listen, God's able to turn your life around. And then he gives you power and that power works in you. Let me tell you something. You have authority over the devil. You do. You have to take it. You have to take it. It's just like having a vehicle out there and, and having the key to it. And hopping up the back of the truck and say, giddy up. You don't get too far. You might have done that in your latter life. Former life, I meant to say. But what I'm trying to tell you is, when I got the key, I can put the key in the ignition. Start her up, Jack. Why? Because every time I get a payment on that thing, it comes to my name. What I'm trying to tell you is, he said, I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Whatsoever you bind here on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you loose here on earth shall be loosed in heaven. You got the keys, baby. Use them. You have authority. You have authority. You're the jail keeper. He's not. You can lock him up and throw away the key if you want to. He intimidates you by lying. He tries to convince you that he has more authority than you. Come on, I'm, I'm about done. See, what you're carrying is greater than what you're going through. Listen, you have to understand that you can be in the fire, but he's in there with you. And what you're carrying is greater than what you, come on somebody, than what you're going through. I love this. Listen, the men were bound in their, with their coats, their hose, and their hats, their garments, their cast in the midst of the fiery furnace. That coats is translated mantle. So the anointing is where we get the mantle is your anointing. So the anointing that is on you will take you through everything that you're going through. Just because you're going through a storm doesn't mean you're losing anything. Just because you've been through hell to get here does not mean you've lost everything. I told a young lady the other night, do you know what the law says? The law says if the thief steals it, he got to repay it seven times. And Jesus came to fulfill the law. Some of you need to get up here and say, I want my stuff back. Why some of you got your kids back when you got in recovery. It wasn't recovery that got them back. It was Jesus that got them back. Listen. Whatever God put on you, he's going to make a way. Listen. Whew, I got to move on. I just, I just got to, I just got to do something. Oh, I just got to do something. So, so we battle this devil. And, 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 and I love God, don't you? Yes. God is just awesome in my book, and here's why. I love to win. I, was, I played basketball. I love to win. And, and we didn't win every game. But I can tell you something. We lost. I was mad. But I wanted to win. My kids played ball. I wanted them to win. 
I'd take a referee out for my kids. Y'all would too, you know it. I dread my grandkids gets up there. But what I'm trying to tell you is God is a winner. And he does it in style. I mean, he does it in high fashion. Wouldn't it be awesome if in his victorious victories through you that he would just parade you in front of the devil? Wouldn't that be cool? Just parades you through here and say, look here. You remember all that hell you took her through? You remember all the heartache you put him through? You many all the, remember all the times you got him to mess up? You remember all the times you tempted him and he fell into it? Look at him now! So we got this thing called heaven. Y'all ever remember the, the scripture in 1 Corinthians or 2 Corinthians chapter 12, I believe it is, and Paul said, I was brought up to the third heaven. The third heaven. The third heaven. If he was in the third heaven, then that must mean there's three heavens. So I studied this out. The first heaven is the atmosphere. Uh, scientists will tell you it's eight inches above your head. I don't know how they get that because if you're seven foot tall and I'm six foot tall, how that eight inches could work there. <laughs> Nevertheless, they're smarter than I am. It's the clouds, the sky, our atmosphere. That's the first heaven. The second heaven is called the firmament. The firmament. In the creative order of God, in Genesis, Jesus, when, when God was creating everything, He creates the firmament. He creates it. When He creates the earth and He creates the, 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 the waters and things like that, He goes back and says, this is good. Because when you're God, you can bless what you made. Because when you're God, you don't have to have anybody else to brag on you. You can brag on yourself. But when he created the firmament, he never went back and blessed it. Why? Because this would be to house demonic spirits. Watch this. The prince of the power of the air. Guess what air is interpreted in the Greek? Firmament. That's why against everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bring down those strongholds. Those things that are in high places and exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. The third heaven is the abode of God where Jesus sits on the right hand of God. We know he's there because Stephen saw him. And so it presents a great hindrance sometimes that all those demonic spirits are in the second heaven and all of my answers are in the third heaven and so the disciples when they were with Jesus they said Lord teach us to pray and he said okay I will our father which art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven gee that would be nice wouldn't it if we could have heaven on earth if we could have heaven on earth would you let that sink into your spirit because that is why Jesus came and sent the Holy Spirit so that we could have some heaven while we're here on earth Daniel said I prayed for 21 days and no answer came and the archangel came and said there's been war in heaven it ain't in the third heaven cause he done got kicked out of the third heaven because Lucifer was an archangel he got kicked out of heaven for disobeying God and trying to revolt against him so we must understand that there was a war going over Daniel's prayer he said we heard you the first time Daniel and we're going back to fight but your answer's coming 
And watch this. In Genesis, there's a man named Jacob, and he's running from his, from his brother Esau. And, and he's, he finds himself in a hard spot, and he lays down on a pillar of stone, and he gets a vision, and a ladder came down from heaven, and angels were ascending and descending on that ladder. And he said, I must be in the house of God. Oh, mark this place because I want to mark Greenbrier, Arkansas tonight because this is the place. He said, I've seen angels ascending and descending. I've heard it said that was the night shift and the day shift. Come on, somebody. Woo! Here's what he saw, though. He saw Jesus. As the latter. Because in John chapter 1 verse 51. He saith unto him. This is Jesus saying. Verily, verily I say unto you. Hereafter you shall see heaven open. And angels of God ascending and descending. Upon the son of man. So when I say in Jesus name. Bless my home. I don't have to worry anymore. About it getting here. Because Jesus is so big that every answer I have comes right down through him in the presence of the enemy. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Come on, somebody. Y'all remember that song? Don't touch this. kind of what he says to him when your answer slithers down through there. Whew, don't touch this. It gets better. It gets better. Y'all, y'all uh, can, can you handle just about five more minutes? Whew. Come on. Come on. I'll get you there. I'll get you there. I'm going to land the plane right here. Listen, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. I love this, don't you? Because I'm, a, I'm one of these rapture guys. I've had a hard enough time making it on this earth I don't want to go through seven year tribulation, all right? I'm one of these pre tribulation rapture dudes. I am going before the seven year tribulation. Anybody else? First bus ride out of here, put me on it, Jack. Sign me up. Beam me up, Scotty. I'm gone. Now, watch this. When, 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 when he begins to say this, he says, for the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, and the voice of the archangel, with the trump of God, the dead in Christ shall rise first. Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds. Watch this. To meet the Lord in the air, so shall we ever be with the Lord. When the rapture takes place, he's not coming back to the earth. We're going to meet him in the air. Guess what that word air is translated? Firmament. So when you meet him in the air, you're going to meet him in the presence of all those demons from hell. They've got to watch you going through. That's pretty awesome, isn't it? That's your God. You told me earlier... You would love it if God would just parade you by the end. Well, guess what? You better stay saved because you're going to get your chance. Come on, somebody. You say, what if I die first? Well, the dead in Christ is going to rise first. You got a, you got a good ticket there too. 
What I'm trying to tell you is you serve a liberating, absolutely annihilating God that destroys the works of the enemy. Listen, here's, here's, my, here's what my assignment is tonight. We're no longer going to be intimidated by the enemy. We're, here's the best way I can explain it. Y'all remember in elementary school when you got a little authority? I'll be done in just a second. When we were in the fourth grade, we went in the bathroom, and you could wet toilet paper and throw it on the ceiling. Any of you guys ever do that? So they could not figure out who it was. We'd just slip in there and throw a few deals. We, our goal was we're going to cover the whole ceiling. And so we're in class one day, and the teacher says, we need some volunteers to stay in at recess. There were three of us guys doing it. And to watch and try to see who this bathroom bandit is. All three of us raise our hands. We thought we was the coolest cats. And we had a little authority. So if somebody come in the bathroom, we'd run them out. They said, I gotta go to the bathroom. I don't care, get out of here. We're the bathroom monitors. We go back throwing toilet paper. Silly, isn't it? They finally figured that out, and they, they busted our tails. <laughs> I went to school back when corporal punishment was a thing. But that's silly, isn't it? That's silly, isn't it? Bathroom monitor. Dude, hall monitor. Silly. She's grinning. It's bearing witness with her. <laughs> if that's kind of how Jesus sees us, in the opposite way, I've given you all this authority, and you don't use it. They can give you authority over a bathroom, and you used it, but I've given you authority over all the enemies, and you won't use it? Tonight we take authority over the enemy. Now here's what we're going to do. Here in just one second. Everybody has that one thing that the enemy tempts you, threatens you, and always uses against you. It's never many. It's most often always one thing. The sin that does so easily beset us. Not sins. Not sins. He don't need a bunch. It's that one. Yeah, it's that one. Everybody. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, boy, I, I know what he, yeah. I deal with issues, too. You ask my wife, I got all kinds of issues. What I'm telling you tonight is, how would you like to take authority over that? Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice to just come up and say, you know what, devil? It's up on you, bud. I figured something out tonight. Not only do I have authority, my God's going to beat you so bad. He's going to parade me by you when I go home and show me off. That's your God. That's your God. You don't serve a beaten down has-been. You serve a mighty God. Full of love. Full of grace. That somehow supernaturally takes all the things we do that are stupid and 
dumb. Works them around for his glory. It's another way he just slaps the devil. So here's what we're going to do tonight. Stand with us.